The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. This doesn't happen often in automotive, DPB gang. Hear me out, not sponsored, but I just got to say, I was recently exposed to the DriveCentric CRM for the first time, worked in many other CRMs, and legitimately, I think the the heavens opened, the, the clouds parted, and I heard the hallelujah chorus. Uh, the first thing that caught my eye, it's beautiful, it's simple, it's easy to look at. I'm not cluttered with all of this data right out of the gates. It's a nice, simple pipeline to understand. It just, it makes sense. And I reach out to today's guest and I'm like, yo, I just got to let you know, Mazel Tov, congratulations. You did a thing. I need you to come and talk to me on the show. And so here we are, Steve Rustler, like Hulk Hogan's a rustler joining me on the DPB. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, no problem, Michael. It was great to be here, man. Did you know once you like started rocking the pompadour that people would call you Jimmy Neutron? Like, was that part of the the whole personal branding? No, you know what? Before the hair <laughs> uh, was this, I used to have the what I called the duck butt, and it was I called it the duck butt, but it was actually uh, where you push your hair down and then you push it up at the front. You know? Uh, okay. Uh, yes. Yes. I called it the duck butt. So I had that and I had the messed up look way back when, uh, but no, my wife's a hairdresser. So uh, I, I uh, mean, and, uh, so when I went with this and then I started doing all the videos, um, that I do and everybody comments on the hair. So, I mean, I joked around, like I talked to Joe Webb, I talked to Frank Loops. <laughs> I said, man, what would happen if I changed my hair? They go, dude, nobody would know you. <laughs> But, uh, but I really thought about this. I thought about if I did change my hair like once a year, think about this, Michael, if I change my hair once a year, I could be the Jennifer Aniston of friends, just male in the, in the auto industry. Cause you know, my wife will say, give me the Jennifer Aniston hairdo from, you know, many years ago when friends was around, right? Yep. Oh, I, and what, when women understand that joke, men don't, but I didn't either until my wife told me that. So um, anyway, well, I, you I, might I, also have hair. another thing in common, which is that neither one of you are wearing a bra. Because uh, I was also, <laughs> I was a teenager during the Friends era. Well, you're making it. You're making a. Uh, you're making an assumption there. Yeah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> it's not a bra. <laughs> it's a bro. I'm wearing the bro. Yeah, I'm wearing, wearing the bro. bro. Um, <laughs> I, 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 how many more references? Let's, let's see. Maybe we'll work our way backwards to like Welcome Back, Cotter, or Three's Company in this episode oh <laughs> with all gosh, the references. You've had a past yeah, life right. in the pharmaceutical business. Is that right? Medical industry? I, yeah, I did a lot of things in medical. I, um, the, usually most people get in the medical industry. They usually what we call carry the bag. Uh, carrying the bag is uh, being a pharmaceutical rep and dropping off samples to doctor's offices. But no, I did various things. I, I, that was my entry. Uh, the goal 
the pinnacle, if you will, uh, in medical is always being surgery. That's where the action is. So um, the highlight of my career in the medical side, at least what I thought, was uh, getting in surgery, working at Medtronic. And I did spinal cord stimulation, deep brain stimulation. Mm. So I was there uh, with the neurosurgeons or the orthopedic surgeons. And while patients had lower back pain or you know, things of that nature, I was basically uh, stimulating at the head of the table to capture the pain uh, which was really cool, you know, and uh, it just, it was miracle wow. things I saw. Deep brain stimulation for Parkinson's, you know, people would go like this, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's like this. It's mm -hmm. just the wildest stuff. Um, but I learned um, working for a very big company is not, it's hard to defend when you own 90% of the market. And Medtronic was kind of the gold standard in medical. And when all the competitors were nipping at the buds, they laid people go. And unfortunately, I was one that was let go. Mm -hmm. uh, just because of the timing of where I was at. So wrong place, wrong time, but I learned a lot. But then I started getting in the startup world uh, in medical. So I started up two companies in the medical side and then uh, my buddy offered me an ownership position within Drive Centric. So that's how I, I got into this. This is this is fascinating to me, especially, you know, having that much experience outside of automotive. You know, I think from the inside, we tend to say that no no other industry is like this. What's what's your take having had experience in another industry? Are there any parallels? Are there any commonalities or no? Is automotive so completely unique that nobody else could understand it? No, you know, what I tell all my buddies I'm still friends with in medical is, you know, if you're selling, you know, the one the sales cycle in most industries is not nearly like what it is in automotive. I mean, to sell a car in four days, 70 percent of the time. Right. It's like. Are you kidding me? Uh, most of the sales cycles that I've ever been a part of are at least one year old. So uh, that's how long it takes you to close a deal, close wow. a hospital or get your product on a formulary or get your you know Medtronic on the shelf, whatever it was. I mean, it's a long, long sales cycle. So um, selling CRM, obviously in automotive, it's a long sales cycle. So I'm very used to it, but I think the follow-up, like most people, like I'll give you a really good one. This is this one hits home to me because I obviously represent CRM. I didn't know what a business rule was eight years ago. So you know my my buddy who's my partner, he he came up to me. He goes, yeah. He goes, we got to set a business rule. I go, what the frick is a business rule, dude? <laughs> he goes, well, you get an internet lead, you got to tell the salespeople to follow up. I go, come again. <laughs> I mean, if we just say that right now, yeah, you, you know, you get an, you get a lead, you got to tell somebody to follow up. Right. That makes no, to me, I still say that. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Okay. Ping me and tell me I got a lead and I'll, but I'll follow up the way I want to follow up. So it, it's just that part. I mean, that was really kind of weird. I've still to this day, I operate, I've never ever in my entire sales career have used a business rule. And most people outside of automotive don't. Um, so it's it, it baked is into your DNA. Right? Uh, yeah. You, you, like, I, I got a lead. Of course, I'm going to follow up. Exactly. I have a follow-up cadence of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday. That's my cadence. I don't need a program to tell me that. Right. You know, and I schedule all my future business rules. And I use the CRM no matter what I used uh, back in the day. Act, Goldmine. I mean, I date right. myself for the for watching this, but. Um, this, this is really interesting. So, so you, you come from medical, now you're in automotive, you're in the CRM game. Um, in your estimation, right? There, there's some long-term players here. Uh, we, we won't go through them all, but I mean, this is a, this is a space where the, the ocean's perhaps not as blue. I want your take, not just from, um, 
a CRM perspective, but from a startup and working in that that ecosystem in automotive, what what are some of the things that you're concerned about um, that you're focused on that maybe you think the others haven't been focusing on? Like what what kind of openings are there for like we all know about CRM. So what are you seeing that maybe some others aren't? Well, I, I think the biggest play uh, when I got the privilege of uh, coming on board, helping this, the, the one thing that my partner kind of said um, was we're going to do something really, really different, which just excites the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in medical, I really, you know, luckily represented, you know, different companies and got to build a different brand. Um, as we continue to what, like I say, build versus integrate. Now we're going to integrate with certain things, but the fundamental differences of these big, big companies out there acquiring tools, you know, if they see a tool that they're lacking, the first thing they do is go out there and buy it. Right. And I think we all know like companies that have been bought and then innovation stops Mm. and, and look, and that's, in every market that no matter what, if you're in automotive, if you're in medical engineering, that's what happens. People buy the product, they take the revenue from it. And the, the, what we think is the dealers is, well, they're buying it. They're going to make it better. They're going to integrate. Well, let me tell you something. The iPhone four is still an iPhone four, but the iPhone 13 and 14 are going to be much different than the iPhone four. You know why? Cause they rebuilt it. Nobody is going to rebuild a tool such as like CRM because it's so complex. So the bandaid on it is they play the integration game. And I think as dealers, what they have to realize is integration is not, it's a, it's a short term solution and, um, and anybody can do it, including drive centric. But the, the biggest thing that we're really going out there with a message on is give us time to build a lot of things. I think we know what we are really, really good at. We're the best CRM in our opinion in the marketplace. I hope a lot of viewers would agree that are on it. The folks that aren't on it, never seen it. Well, you don't know until you make the change, but um, we're more engagement focused than a database platform. And that's what these CRMs are lacking because they were just built 20 years ago. A lot of them had a bolt-on texting tool that they put on because it doesn't flow as easy as it does. Um, it's not so much conversational. We go out there and we buy all these tools to make basically a drive-centric what it is today. You know, and I'll give you one more analogy and I'll shut up, Michael. But just kind of think, 20 years ago, you had a Nokia phone. Mm-hmm. You also had a video camera. You also had a, a, a regular camera. You also had a fax machine. You had a pager. Imagine integrating all of those and what do you got? You got an iPhone 13. Right. And that's ultimately we're kind of the iPhone of uh, CRMs right now. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and you'd, you'd mentioned, I want to key in on this. You said you're, you've got to focus on engagement. Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you mean by that? Give, a, give us some examples of, of why that's important and, and how do you go about tracking engagement? No, I, that I'm glad you mentioned that because that's our biggest focus point. Um, you know, when when we have a database tool like a CRM is, and we expect our salespeople to make a hundred phone calls, fifty emails a day, and those you know communication strategies are out, right? I mean, you, if you get those strategies, maybe your internet team's getting thirty thirty five percent engagement. Right. Texting and personalized video are, are we're seeing where it's at along with artificial intelligence. So engagement by definition is two way communication with a customer. So if I got a hundred internet leads and I get a thirty five percent engagement rate, that means I can schedule at max thirty five appointments. 
Gotcha. And I missed out on 65. So our stores statistically get about 70% engagement on the average of all their internet leads with all the tools we're providing. And if you just think about what we need to do, we need to talk to more customers to schedule more appointments and sell more cars. It all starts and ends with engagement. If you don't track engagement, you're shooting yourselves in the foot. Now, when a customer is talking to the store, these customers, just to show the importance of the engagement, the Detroit Trading Company uh, during COVID came out with a good little study. And, you know, the OEMs, and you probably know this, the OEMs used to go out there and say, well, you have about 30 minutes to respond to a lead. Remember, I mean, mm -hmm. there was, I mean, Toyota said that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the game has changed so much because of COVID. We are in a right now. It's uh, And we used to say the same thing. So, But the customer has changed to an immediate response. So you have about five minutes to reply to a customer or they're going elsewhere. Right. And when you get engagement, you got to make sure you, you, you're treating your engagement almost like chat. You know, mm -hmm. and that's what we're kind of teaching our stores is thinking your CRM as a big chat system. Whether they're texting, they're emailing you, they're chatting, they're replying to a video, they're replying to right. AI, respond back. We don't need all these templates. And um, so we created a new KPI called Fumble. So when a customer is talking to you from the digital showroom and you don't respond in an hour, we deem it a fumble. So, uh, and a lot of people can't track the customers that are talking to you from the digital showroom. So that's where the engagement uh, platform in DriveCentric makes it so unique that dealerships and those sales managers, everybody's hanging out in that conversation screen to really help the salespeople talk back to the customers and basically study the digital etiquette of what your salespeople are saying. This both sparks joy and also makes me chuckle. I remember my the first ebook I ever wrote going back 10, 10 plus years. You're going to love the title. So, so clever. Three automotive digital marketing tips. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that I remember discussing in that book was response time and how back then I, I remember compiling a bunch of reports and it was something like the average response time across dealerships was like 12 and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And I drew the parallel of imagine somebody walking up to you and saying hello. And then <laughs> you just looking at them for 12 and a half hours and saying nothing. Yeah. The reason what you just said makes me think about how ludicrous and absolutely insane that would be is, is that you're reframing the syntax by which they understand how this interaction works. This is a conversation. This is not like you can just take, oh, a lead came in and I'm going to go for lunch. This is no, yeah. we, this is a conversation. When you simply swap out the syntax from lead to conversation, it makes me want to respond a little bit more. And so I, I think that's really interesting how you're framing that. And also I looked down and wrote the word fumble because I see fumble, you know, in the, in, in here. And I was wondering what that's all about. And I, and I love how you're just encouraging action. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what we're exposing. And I think that's what, you know, again, it's, it, these are new things as, as the customers evolve, we got to come up with new KPIs for dealerships to be successful and focus on, you know, when we, you know, the old days of going out there and, you know, let's just take a look, you know, if I got a hundred internet leads, how many appointments I schedule, how many show, how many deliver? that is so old school because now you got engagement. If I get a hundred internet leads, what's my engagement rate? Because now I know what my conversion is when I talk to a customer, maybe I schedule 40, 50% of my appointments. You know, that's good ways of looking at it. And if you're getting a low, 
you know, uh, appointment rate, then, well, if I increase my engagement rate, man, that should follow suit, right? Mm-hmm. It, it all works and starts with, with engagement. But yeah, I mean, the fumble, as we go out there and we develop that new KPI term, actually, about nine months ago, every one of our stores had a fumble rate of, believe this or not, 30, uh, uh, what was it? Um, it was 30 minutes or wait, wait, I'm sorry, 30% of the dealerships were fumbling a conversation. Mm. And remember a fumble, at least what we started with was a conversation sitting there for an hour waiting for a response. Okay. Wait, that's, that's what a fumble right. is. And that's during business hours, by the way. Hey. So a lot of our stores, we have a couple of stores that uh, came up with this is they establish what's called the last word process. And what that means is the customer is the last one that's always acknowledged. So what I, I literally just had this meeting a second ago, but imagine imagine uh, Patrick A. Bad, since let's call him up there, right? And now we don't know his last <laughs> name here. But if Patrick reached out to one of his managers and said, hey, is that customer coming in at five o'clock? You would bet anybody in that store would reply back and say yes, right? They're not gonna leave Patrick hanging. So you gotta treat every customer like a Patrick. Just respond, acknowledge it. We're teaching the last word process. Send an emoji thumbs up, acknowledge it. That's it. Don't leave the customer hanging. The customer should be always heard and acknowledged. And that's what the last word process is. So that's how we're getting a better fumble rate down to hopefully less than 5%. So if you're getting however many conversations, you're only fumbling less than 5%. And that's what we're trying to educate our stores to do. I love this. it solves many other issues, which is, you know, fundamentally there's been an issue between dealer and marketing company, lead generating companies, et cetera. Your, your leads aren't good enough. Actually, your engagement rate is 12%. Yeah. You know, like, so you had, you had said it earlier and I want to key in on it. It's kind of shining a spotlight all around in a Mm -hmm. way that, keeps everybody accountable, not just dealer, not just vendor, not just whatever, all parties involved in making the business move forward. Again, by changing the focus to engagement really, really shifts the narrative. And I love it. Um, talk to me a little bit about you. Had, you had mentioned earlier. Um, I, I mean, we've been talking about conversation. Talk to me a little bit about uh, some of the new features that you were you were telling me about earlier about how you're tying in all of the different data sources because typically it's what email there's like some sort of email lead that spills data into the CRM but you were talking about going actually bigger than that more maybe more all encompassing. Well, I think what you're kind of alluding to is all the conversation pieces in one screen, meaning. Like I can, for the first time, and even Apple and Android don't do this, but in our conversation screen, you can see all the communications streamline into one thread. So like right now, you can't go into one of your text threads that you had with me and see that you made a phone call to me, right? You'd have to go to your phone log and track that. Gotcha. But now you got phone, text, emails, e-blast, video, proposals, pictures, chat. So yeah, one of the new products we just developed was a product called Direct Chat. And what anybody who's on the BDC side or taking you know, chat leads, they understand that they're in a different platform and then they push that file to an ADF XML format. For the first time ever, you're able to chat from the CRM and it looks like a text thread 
or an email thread. It flows logically in the CRM for you to qualify that lead and you're in one platform. You get push notifications right there on your mobile phone. You get chat from the mobile app. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're streamlining like personalized video. You can do live streaming, like we're doing a live streaming right now. We're trying to teach to enhance the digital showroom experience by meeting the customer where they want to be met. If I, as a cons customer, have no control over the price, you know what I got control over, Michael? Mm. How I want to buy the car. Right. So if I want to have a Carvana experience, I'm going to get a Carvana experience. So you better have the tools in place, you know, and figure out how I want to buy the car. And if live streaming, if I want to show you my trade appraisal, I don't want to come drive like even 20 minutes to your dealership for that. Can't you do it through live streaming on your phone? Yeah. Right. You know, what, so, you know what intrigues me about this, though, that there, the use case for this is very simple in my in my mind. You know, as a marketing partner, we see this all the time where somebody will click on, say, a Facebook Messenger lead uh -huh. uh, or sorry, a campaign, which, of, of course, they click the they click they click the ad. A messenger pops up. They're in a discussion with the dealer. Despite being on platform, people might be surprised to find out how many people are like, only talk to me over email. But it's like, but I'm in, I'm in a chat with you right now. Right. Right. This simple, like direct chat thing that you're talking about and bringing all of the data sources into one field of view mitigates even having to do that weird back and forth of like, but how do you, where do you, you know, like it doesn't need to extend the conversation. It, it actually in, in my understanding, removes even the smallest friction point from this because you're just always communicating with the customer how they want to be communicated with. You, yeah, the very simple, you know, analogy or that I'll just tell you. And I mean, we do have Facebook marketplace integration through Messenger um, mm -hmm. and again, with all the kablooey of everything happening on Facebook. A lot of people just don't do it anymore, but right. uh, we are looking to expand some other things. But what we always suggest, we try to get rid of our stores uh, when we convert somebody over to get rid of a lot of their business rules. Business rules are like, and I'll say 80% of their business rules, and we create what's called a touch point. What a touch point is, is communicate on the customer's channel, like what you're mentioning. Why should I make a phone call to a texter? Right. And if we go out there, I heard um, um, Bob Lanham at, uh, I think it was NADA, I think he mentioned like the Gen Z's or, and the millennials are taking up like 45%. And if, you know, if you have kids and like me, I mean, my daughter's 17, I got to text her, tell her to come down and eat pizza because she's watching some video right. and have her AirPods in. She's right. not going to hear me yell. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I think text, texting is the number one form of communication. We look in drive centric and probably 85% of the communication coming in drive centric is in fact text. Just think about that. And if we look at our phone call conversations, the way that we have to, if, if texting is the preferred form of the customer with communication, why am I going to send an email? Mm -hmm. I don't email my friends and family. Why the hell am I going to email a customer? Because right. I've got a data I, that says, oh, I got to send an email that I got a task. So I'm in doing the task to do the task mode. I'm not doing the task to get engagement mode. And that is a fundamental waste of energy at the dealerships that you got to change their mindset on. Wow. Well, I mean, seriously, man, congratulations. I love it. Um, it makes so much sense to me. For those listening, how can they get in touch with you and learn more? Oh, yeah. Well, I, hell, text me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but no, I mean, look, hey, you guys can, anybody can reach out to me on social. Uh, you can DM me, whatever. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, you can shoot me a text. Uh, 314-803-4334. If you really want to email me, then good luck. Uh, Steve at drivecentric.com. But, you know, better not go to spam or else. Love it, man. Thanks so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Good talking to you. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.